welcome back to podcast number 71. Uh, my name is Erica. I'm the assistant property manager for uh, Independence Property Management. This is uh, Mark. I'm the uh, director of investments for Freedom Real Estate Group. Awesome. And like we talked about in the vlog, um, we are going to talk about today, what is seller financing? So Absolutely. Mark has a little tidbits for us on that. <laughs> yeah, seller financing. It's, um, it's, it's very fun, you know. And so, uh, although here at Freedom Real Estate Group, the majority of my time is spent working with investors on finding a property that works for them and um, whether it's bed and bath count or if they're looking for a certain cash flow or whatever. But every once in a while, they let me do some acquisitions. So it's, <laughs> it's very fun. Um, so... Being in real estate, uh, seller financing is great. Um, we had talked about in the vlog maybe some examples of, of the different kinds of things that you can run up against. And um, as an investor, you know, some things to have in your arsenal uh, to help you maybe stretch that dollar on your offer. Um, so um, in short, and I know we talked about it in the vlog, is that um, in short, it's a way of trying to be able to offer more to that seller for the purchase of their real estate um, when your numbers are kind of tight. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, uh, you know, we had talked about a house that's $80,000 and um, you're looking at a rehab that, let's call it $30,000, right? And so, so you're all in, uh, seller's asking 80, you've got 30, so you're in at 110 and you're like, wow, I really need to be closer to that, that 100, so I can really only offer you 70. Mm -hmm. um, but a way of looking at that is by doing creative financing. And so there's, in essence, four different ways that you can structure creative financing. Um, and we're not going to get into the specifics of that, but there's either short term, you know what I mean? Like a short term solution mm -hmm. or there's a long term solution like that you're going to be working on, you know, maybe paying this out over a long period of time versus obviously short. And then the other option would be, do they have a mortgage or is there no mortgage? And so those are the different scenarios. And so if you were to, say, have a short-term solution and you um, wanted to do this and this person is not have a mortgage, so they're just like, you know what, you sell it whenever you want. Hmm. Sometimes you can get into things uh, and, and there's no really like right way to structure these deals or, but you want to make sure that everybody's on the same ground. But like, for example, I can say, Erica, you know, I mean, I, I can't really hit the 70, but I'm going to try to make the 80 work, but you're going to have to wait until I sell it. You know what I mean? So in essence, I'm going to ask you to give me a promissory note or to, you know, we'll, we'll figure out a way mm -hmm. to write it out so that I'll say that I'll pay you $80,000 on the sale of the, the house after the rehab's complete. And so that would be like a, a short-term solution in order for me to do it versus saying, you know, in traditional real estate, like all I can give you is the 70 if you're willing to take it, deal's done, then it's on me to do the rehab, whether it takes one month, 11 months, yeah. then, you know, then you're out of it. It doesn't matter. Whereas if, if we do the, the creative financing, you know, you got to make sure that your, your numbers are accurate. Because yeah. you want to make sure that your rehab number is correct and that your after renovation value is correct. Because mm -hmm. if those numbers are off, again, you're still getting your 80. You know what I mean? Because you have, you know, maybe that first position on the house in essence. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I got to make sure that my numbers are correct or I'm going to be losing money on that. Mm. Yeah. So, so that 
Be, get a little sticky, but <laughs> yeah, and so that's why I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to jump into all of the the confusing parts of it or mortgage, no mortgage. But um, you yeah. know, sometimes it is fun. You know, on the acquisition side, to you know, it also makes you feel good mm-hmm. to be able to maybe offer a little bit more um, for that seller. Um, but again, you know, if if they want that more, sometimes they have to travel with you a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit further down the the journey there. So, and there's also like deals that sometimes like the buyer, if there's like someone still in the half the property or something, if it's a duplex, like hey, you get the rent on top of me paying you the additional. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. And so 10, again, 000. that's a great point. Um, in fact, I think you know we're we're working on one of those deals now where. Oh, nice. Um, so for this this particular duplex, um, half of the site is rented. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote up an offer just saying instead of us taking possession of it right away and keeping the rents and prorating these things at closing and, and, and making it more complicated than it needs to be, let's just write up a, a deal where you keep the rent, you know, you keep that cash flow coming in. Mm-hmm. We're going to rehab the other side um, when we sell that to another third-party investor. Um then what we'll do is, you know, we will give you, you know, the money that we talked about that, that, that you would get. Any of the difference minus our expenses would be, you know, what the company makes. So, yeah, there, there's there's definitely different ways to structure things. Um, a, a lot of the times you, you have to take a look at, you know, maybe what are some of the current bank rates. Um, mm-hmm. Because, again, if you're, if you're going to do a long-term deal and somebody does have a mortgage, you got to cover that mortgage for them, wow. um, you know what I mean? And then maybe you be giving them a little bit extra on the side. Sometimes it costs maybe a down payment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways to do it. You know, if I were to come to you and I say, look, Eric, I can't do the full 80 right now, but how about I give you, let's assume you have a mortgage too, right? How about I give you $10,000 now now mm-hmm. and I give you the rest at closing. Um, I'll cover your mortgage and I'll throw you, you know, an extra $200 a month or something like that. I mean, so there's there's so many different ways to look at it, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the mortgage rates to make sure you're not overpaying, you know, on, on things. Um, because in essence, then you're, you're, I would be taking over as the bank for you. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you're holding the note. And that's yeah. that's another term, I guess, that, that, that people will, will hear or use is holding the note, you know, or a seller's note or something like that. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can get pretty complicated. But it's good. You know, it's good to know. It's a good option. If it works for both parties, you know, it's a definitely something that you could explore. And yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, again, th- this is, so I know that typically when you see me, I'm, I'm talking more about uh, traditional real estate, uh, mm-hmm. talking more about investments or, or things like that. But I mean, just, you know, it's nice to touch on this in case our investors want to try and play in that, mm-hmm. you know, playground as well uh, to make sure that you're smart and doing your homework. And then number two, to know that uh, that we also, you know, here in our acquisitions departments are, are trying to to get good properties. You know, I mean, we're trying to, you know, look for great properties, be able to offer those those uh, initial sellers uh, the, the best that we can offer them on those deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it, it does come by, uh, full circle, all the companies here um, at Freedom. But that's great. Have you had many of these deals that you worked with or is it just like kind of one-off situations? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, so for me personally, uh, not as many because yeah. I don't do as many of the, mm-hmm. the acquisitions for the company. But um, I, w- I would just say, you know, even if you talk to wholesalers or, or guys that get out there and, and do this a lot, I would have to say it's a small percentage. Okay. Um, because most people 
want to just be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're really in a pinch or, or you're really not in any hurry to sell and you, and you're willing to hang Mm -hmm. around to get the top dollar, it is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, you know what? I'd rather take $70,000 now, be done with you. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, so I, w- I would say the majority, probably, you know, 90% or more probably would be willing to just take a cash offer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, this is, you know, just thinking of it, say you were, this was, this is what you did mm-hmm. and uh, you were a wholesaler and you don't have, you know, thousands of dollars to be buying homes in cash. Yeah then you better work on your ways to do creative financing, right? Ah. So that you can uh, still structure deals for people with minimizing your amount of money and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, if you also work with sets of investors or something like that, that, that kind of always buy from you or, or you know, trust you, um, you know, I mean, they, they want to know that you're doing the right math and that you're doing the right deal because ultimately if you're in one of those long-term deals you know once you as the wholesaler are out and you've made your money mm-hmm. you know, I mean that long-term deal might still continue with the other investor to the original seller yeah. and so yeah it's a you know you got to make sure that uh, that person that that you've sold that property to as like a third party that you trust them yeah. Because if not, I mean, it could come back on you. Yeah. Um, There's so you, like a legal yeah. document that is signed too between the party and the buyer and the seller. There is. So yeah. So good. yeah, you want to make sure that you document everything that you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's always that 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 risk that you might have missed something and that you want to make sure yeah. that you've uh, done your homework. Yeah, you got to be thorough. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's great. Not for novices, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> seasoned, <laughs> seasoned investors. That's great. Well, awesome. Well, that's all the. Yeah, I was gonna say. Really have you know. have you heard of this or done any of this yourself? No, I haven't really dabbled too much in the investment world, but I love learning about it and learn learning the different <laughs> avenues for people. Sure. I work with a lot of different owners and investors, so it's cool. Like if I ever have a situation, sometimes they tell me about this stuff, so I'll definitely, you know, tell them to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say uh, again. I know enough to be dangerous, but there are definitely professionals out there that do yes. this all day, every day. Um, very savvy at it. But again, if I had to give any words of wisdom, it would definitely be to be careful, make Mm -hmm. sure that you run your numbers, document everything that you do, um, and, uh, you know, ask questions. That's great. (laughs) That's perfect. Well, it's been fun chatting about seller financing and getting to learn a little bit about it. Um, I guess one thing I don't know if we went over was how to structure a seller financing deal. Is there a specific way to structure it? Well, we just kind of touched on it. There's no, oh, okay. there's yeah, there's no like specific like document that you pull out and say like yeah. here's what we're gonna do. Um, I mean, I I have personally done deals with people over handshakes, which is mm-hmm. not smart. But okay. <laughs> yeah, so don't do that. But I mean, it, it's uh, I mean, as long as everybody knows what the plan is, um, then there's a way to kind of put it into it. It's it's um, mm-hmm. it's whether you want ownership of the property right away. Or whether somebody's holding on to a note or a mortgage or a first position of the house. So again, there's there's different ways to structure how it looks. Um, any interest payments that are due, um, any monthly payments that might be due if you're doing a little bit longer, um, you know, settlement or something like that. So, yeah, no no uh, no equation for it. But again, just making sure that in order to get to where you want. 
what are the steps that need to be covered in order to do it, mm -hmm. put it in writing. One question I did have was the like the long term mm -hmm. deal that they might set up. What's the, like the longest that you think it would be like smart to go as like maybe a seller like wanting to make this deal with a buyer? Would it be like yeah, usually like a year is tops or does it just depend on yeah, I guess what I, you guys discuss? And again, yeah, I, I guess it depends on whatever like is your you know your your comfort zone. Mm. Um, I would say that like a couple years would probably be the most um, because again you want that third party seller to to make you whole, cash you out. Mm -hmm. The reason that most people are, are trying to sell their property is because they don't want to manage it anymore. They mm -hmm. don't they don't want to be a part of it. So the longer that you make that deal, the maybe less. Uh, appeasing or you know good that looks to them because it's like uh, I don't want to be in this for three years yeah you know with this cash out then yeah, um, waiting but again <laughs> you, you never know I mean there could be people that have you know a lot of properties and they're into all kinds of creative solutions and they still have monthly mm -hmm. you know cash flow coming in off of this yeah. with the possibility of a bigger payout at the end but mm. yeah I would say a general rule of thumb is probably try to keep it under a couple of years yeah that makes sense I guess because I work in property management I'm curious who would be like the one that would be responsible for if like a maintenance issue came up if there's a tenant in half the building would it be the buyer or is that just something again that you just have to discuss uh, yeah, that would definitely be on the buyer. Okay, you know I mean? so yeah, because uh, in essence, the other person is just holding a note. Mm -hmm. You know, like whether it's a, a promissory note or holding a mortgage, um, you as the buyer, I would assume, would be a spot, uh, responsible for any of those damages because you're the owner. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of helpful for the seller not having to deal with that headache. They just get the hold it and make some money if they have rent coming in and right well yeah again and then i guess the, the the problem or trouble with that is if that that third party that you're selling to like defaults or stops making the payments or something like that in essence it goes back to mm. you know i mean so that's where you got to make sure that you have all your paperwork documented yeah gotta make sure it's right and tight there that's great well, cool. This has been really fun. I really enjoyed it. No, absolutely. It. Sorry. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a short uh, you know, conversation <laughs> topic, but uh, it's it's fun and it's interesting. But Yeah, definitely a good thing. Well, we like to end these with invest smart. And live happy. Thanks so much. Thank you. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions and information on this show are not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss.